Hey there, welcome to night school. You know, I just got back from a bank meeting. And the guy I was meeting with, probably a few years younger than I am, and uh, the bank employee. And uh, he seemed like a total bro, what people would call a bro. And I don't really know what people mean when they say that. I mean, I do. I know what a bro is. In the general sense, I know what that refers to, although I hear it used sometimes so generally, I don't actually know. I don't know if that term has mutated into something else, but I have a pretty good idea what that is, and I've been accused of it myself, maybe not accused. Although, yeah, the, the time that I know of where it was used about me, it was kind of a a pejorative, like, here's, here's what happened is about five, six years ago, I went out with some people and I was introduced to some friends of friends. And then I guess when I went to the bathroom later or maybe afterward, one of the people I was introduced to said to my friend, Oh, I thought that guy, Eric was going to be a total bro. And then he, he started talking uh, and he's not, you know? So it was sort of like a, kind of like a backhanded compliment maybe where it was like, Oh, I thought he was going to be this thing that I don't like, and it turned out he's okay. But I'm actually okay. I don't consider that an insult. I don't consider being called a bro an insult. I feel like a bro is just a good starting point, you know, and I don't think I am a bro. But I feel like you can do more with that sort of demeanor. Like, you have more options available as a bro to surprise people, for one, because you don't meet people. I mean, I think people have that experience a lot where they meet somebody who I'm trying to get away from the word bro. I mean, I guess you could say jock. There's a bunch of different words you could use, I guess. But bro has come to be the word. And, uh, you know, who am I to reject that? I don't know what else to use at this point. It's like selfie or any of these other words that I don't necessarily love, but at this point, they're the word that describes the thing. And it takes more effort to do what I'm doing right now and try to explain what that thing is. But if you're a bro, you can surprise people a little more. Whereas, you know, if you meet somebody and they just seem like a nerd, it's more rare for them to surprise you. It's like, oh, this nerd is actually a... The lacrosse champion. Oh, this nerd actually drives a truck. Although they do. I mean, you see trucks with like Darth Vader helmet stickers on the back all the time. And that actually gets into my next point because this guy, he was saying how he was really tired. He stayed up too late watching the new Star Wars show, which of course, like everybody's into Star Wars. The idea that Star Wars is some sort of niche or nerd interest at this point. I mean, it really, it's never been, but especially now. So that alone wasn't surprising. Like, oh, I stayed up too late watching the new Star Wars. And then I was like, oh, is that the one for adults? And he was like, oh, it's for everybody. And I could tell based on that comment, I could tell that this is a guy who's a fan of all of Star Wars. I could tell that this guy, he, he's not just an original trilogy fan. He's, I could tell this guy, from, and from some ensuing comments, I was like, oh, this is a guy who likes it all. This is a guy who likes everything Star Wars. And I, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, okay. Uh, 
I read some of the books as a kid, just trying to relate. And he was like, well, yeah, I'm actually, I'm starting a Star Wars podcast, is what he said. And I was like, oh, cool. And that was definitely one of those moments where, you know, I've heard this joke now for a couple years where it's like, everybody's starting a podcast. Everybody's starting, oh, he has a podcast. You know, there's been this joke, which is really a podcast world joke. You know, that joke is only relevant in the podcast world. The idea that everybody's starting a podcast. That's really a joke. It's only relevant in that world. But this was definitely one of those moments for me where it's like when the guy who's when the guy who seems like a total bro, as they say, just casually lets you know he's starting a Star Wars podcast at the bank. You know everybody's starting a podcast. And I've actually had that feeling lately as well, where there's a few ex-mafia members that I follow online, mafia members and mafia associates. And since Coronavi, a bunch of them have started doing shows. They've either started doing YouTube shows or podcasts. And I'm glad because I like to hear their stories. Even the bullshitters. Even the bullshitters, I like to hear what they have to say. And, and I think Coronavi really accelerated what was already going on in terms of everybody starting a podcast these days. Everybody's starting a blog these days. Everybody's blogging these days, which reminds me of something a relative of mine, a relative through marriage who's quite a bit older than I am, but he's a guy who his foundation was in the tech world. Before it was before there was even a tech industry, he he worked for a very large tech company in the 80s and 90s. And we were visiting him, God, probably 16, 17 years ago. This is a long time ago. I think I was still in high school. And I just started recording some music and things and exchanging it with people. And there were some reviews online. Very small, very small network of people. Uh, But I remember we were at some family dinner. And this is when I still told people what I am involved in. This is when I still told family what I do. (laughs) And uh, my sister just mentioned, oh, Eric, like, you know, has been working on this music and, uh, you know, there's reviews from all around the world. You know, people in other countries have reviewed it. And I remember my relative through marriage, he said, oh, so it's kind of like the new blogging. And I thought that was so perfect. I was not insulted at all, but I loved how perfectly insulting it was because it was so true. Like the idea of... That's what people don't realize about underground music, is it is blogging. It is the new blogging, even though it's before blogging, even though it's pre-blogging, it's also the new blogging. It's a lot like starting a blog and like contacting somebody and being like, can I link, can you link to my blog and I'll link to your blog? Let's link our blogs together, you know, we're, we're a network of bloggers, but I just loved it. You know, this had nothing to do with technology. Like, like what I was involved in had nothing to do directly with the Internet. Well, like, the Internet was obviously a way to communicate with people and and that kind of thing. And, the review, and there were reviews posted online. It was just so funny to me 
that his response was, oh, sounds like the new blogging. People recording music <laughs> and, and, and networking based on music is the new blogging. But uh, it was so perfectly insulting. Uh, and he didn't mean it that way. You know, I know this guy didn't mean it that way. Uh, but I just, I loved it. I never forgot it. <laughs> and, and it's also a good reason not to talk about certain things with people. Because that's the funny thing about this guy at the bank being like, oh, I'm actually going to be starting a Star Wars podcast. Is For one, that was definitely a moment where I was like, oh yeah, everybody actually is starting a podcast now. As much as that's been a joke now for years that everybody is starting one, and you see it in certain circles. Like you saw it with comedians. Because certain comedians started successful podcasts, you see where other comedians were like, oh, you know, the, that guy's doing a great job and it's working wonders for his career. I'm going to do one too. You know, we are a monkey see and monkey do uh, species, you know, we, we are very much are that way and, and in a good way too. It's not just a bad thing. It's not just like we're all miming each other. I mean, people have been inspired by things and in being inspired by that, they've created something wholly new and great. So it's not like seeing something and wanting to do it or wanting to do something similar is somehow inherently horrible. I mean, it can be, but it's not necessarily horrible. Not necessarily horrible. Just, uh, you know, this this show serves as a way for me just to brainstorm autobiography titles, as any listener knows. I'm always thinking about good titles for my autobiography and not necessarily horrible I mean, that sounds like a bad, speaking of comedians, like when comedians, when famous comedians write autobiographies, they're always named things like that. Not necessarily horrible. Chelsea Handler with not necessarily horrible. It's on the New York bestseller list. You know, you you see shit like that. Chelsea Handler with bad decisions I made in my 20s. It's always stuff like that. But yeah, so this guy, like, saying, you know, he was going to be doing a podcast. You know, I thought, and it crossed my mind for a split second. It crossed my mind to say, oh, I have a podcast. I have a podcast. And then I imagine, because, you know, because a lot of people's podcasts are about something. They have podcasts that are actually about something. They have a a theme or a, a certain niche that they cover. And I don't listen to any shows like that that I can think of. I don't I don't really listen to shows that have like a set you know, a set of parameters as to what they talk about like um like this guy his is going to be a Star Wars podcast. And there's a lot of you know the, most podcasts from what I know are kind of like that where they have a certain theme or a topic uh and I almost thought though I almost thought like oh should I tell this guy I have a podcast and then he'd be like what's it about? And then I would say, Star Wars. (laughs) Tell him I already have a Star Wars podcast. Oh, dude, there's only enough room for one Star Wars podcast in this bank. And the reality is, I mean, I I talk about Star Wars on here so much. This is almost a Star Wars podcast. I mean, Star Wars probably comes up. I probably make a Star Wars reference on this show quarterly. I think there's an episode every quarter... Every four months, whatever a quarter is, three months, <laughs> uh, I, I, I make a, I think it's four, right? 
I make a uh, I, I make a solid Star Wars analogy every four months, and that's actually what I should have said to the guy. If I had if I had volunteered that I too have a podcast, and that and he asked me what what it's what's it about, I would have said, well, every quarter we make at least one Star Wars analogy. Yeah, uh, but uh, the funny thing about that is just like my podcast obviously isn't about anything. There are certain, I mean, I repeat myself a lot. There are certain topics I, I tend to cover. There are certain things that get me going, but it's obviously not themed. I mean, I guess you could say every night's a school night has a, a certain theme. I mean, it's it, highlighting a certain era of music and finding generally obscure music from that era and talking a little bit about it. But I don't even think of that as a podcast. When Every Night's a School Night started seven years ago, however long it was, uh, it wasn't actually a podcast. Like You couldn't actually listen to it through podcatchers, as they're called, quote-unquote podcatchers. In the same way that I can't find, I can't replace bro with another word. It's just become the word. I can't find another word for podcatcher. It's a really dumb word. I can't find another word for it. An app in which you listen to podcasts through. It's an app through which you listen to podcasts. That's what a podcatcher is. And I'm just going to explain it every time. I'm going to go in depth every time. No, you just got to say podcatcher. But, you know, you couldn't listen to every night's a school night for quite a while. I think for the first couple of years, a few years through other devices, uh, I mean, you, you couldn't listen to it through podcast apps, which I'm still not comfortable with either. I mean, while I'm dissecting my feelings on words, I've never gotten into the word app, because at some point, computer programs were how things were referred to. You know, you'd say, like, open the program, and yeah, they were called application too. But at some point, this app thing became big. It went hand in hand with smartphones. It felt like overnight, suddenly people were referring to programs and applications as apps. And uh, I'm just not a fan. I don't like that kind of shorthand app. It's an app. Just not a fan. And then I've heard people even refer to appetizers that way. And I don't remember ever hearing someone refer to an appetizer at a restaurant as an app until people started referring to applications as apps. And you see where computers started to mirror smartphones, where now computers have apps. That wasn't something you ever saw in Windows. That wasn't something you ever saw on your computer. So in that way, they've tried to make computers more like smartphones. Just use a... It's just continuity of language, whatever. But people got really into apps. It's an app, you know, which I just wasn't a fan of. But, um, you know, yeah, you, you couldn't listen to Every Night to School Night. So it really wasn't a podcast originally. And I think I remember saying, like, maybe this is a podcast. I didn't come out and say, oh, this I, I called it pseudo radio. And I still think that's what it is. I still think that's what this is. Even though you can listen to this show through podcast apps, through podcatchers, it's kind of like a dog catcher, a podcatcher, 
you know, even though you can listen to it now through that, I still don't consider this really a podcast. I consider it talk radio, pseudo, I consider it talk pseudo radio. Oh, what's your podcast about? It's kind of, I consider it talk pseudo radio. And occasionally there will be an episode of just straight up pseudo radio where we play a little bit of music. What kind of music? Star Wars. We play Star Wars music. Um, someday you're going to listen to a new Every Night's a School Night episode. Actually, not just one. You're going to, in the near future, every single Every Night's a School Night episode is just going to be Star Wars music. Covers. It's going to be people covering Star Wars music. But yeah, this this guy, you know, volunteering that he had... Uh, I feel like this guy's my rival, actually, because he was drinking Rain Energy Drink, R-E-I-G-N. He was drinking a Rain Energy Drink, and I saw that he had an empty Rain Energy Drink on his desk, too. So this guy likes Rain. He's a Rain loyalist, and I'm a Bang loyalist. And I'm drinking a Bang right now. I'm drinking a, a Star Blast Bang, the red, white, and blue can. And uh, I didn't know. And it's funny, though, because he made he made a reference to drinking an energy because this was all related. He was talking about how he stayed up too late watching the new Star Wars show. And then he mentioned how he's going to be doing a Star Wars podcast. And then he made a reference to drinking the energy drink because he was tired. And I was like, I've got an energy drink in the car. This is how you relate to people, folks. This is how you relate to people. You know, even though I wasn't going to volunteer that I too have a podcast because I'm a weird, schizoid, secretive freak. Um, even though I wasn't going to volunteer that, like when he when he made reference to his energy drink, I did have a bang energy drink in the car. And I said, oh, I've got an energy drink in the car. I didn't say bang, though. I don't know why. Why did I why did I not say bang? This is some deep psychoanalysis we're going into. Why did I not tell him that my energy drink was a bang energy drink? Did I not want to make our rivalry that apparent? Like, did I, did I not want it? Would that have been a, an act of war? I don't know. It depends on how much this guy cares about rain. And the funny thing is, I've considered buying rain before. They have it right next to the bang. Rain, bang, bang, rain. Uh... I've seen the Rain Energy Drink, and its logo is kind of like a Transformers logo. Maybe that's this guy likes Star Wars. Maybe he likes that it looks like the Decepticon logo on Rain Energy Drink. I don't know. Maybe he's really into nostalgia. I don't know. Oh, he, dude, he's a nostalgia bro. <laughs> yeah, I met this the the the, the banker. The banker that I met with, and you know, that's another weird thing, is you know when the banker is younger than you, things are weird. And I'm not very old, you know, it's, I'm not one of these people who's like, oh, I'm almost 35, I'm so old. But it is a weird moment when the banker is younger than you, and telling you how he watched Star Wars, and he's starting a Star Wars podcast. Just a little weird. Just a little weird that that's the world we're in now. World I'm in. Can't speak for anybody else. Um... Turns out I'm schizophrenic, and I imagined Star Wars was popular. I hallucinated that Star Wars was still popular in 2020. Somebody's going to give me a pill, and it's going to wake me up, and then I'm going to find out that 
turns out Star Wars hasn't been popular for 40 years. They only made three movies that were popular for a minute, and they never achieved mainstream popularity again. They never came out with any more movies. There's certainly not some new Star Wars show. Your banker isn't doing a Star Wars podcast. You developed schizophrenia relatively late. A lot of people develop schizophrenia in their late teens, early 20s. You developed it at age 30. And it turns out you hallucinated the fact that Star Wars is still wildly popular. That would really uh, that would, that would really shake you. Uh, but going back to the bang energy thing, you know, I, I didn't volunteer that I had a bang energy drink in my car. I just, I gave, I, I said quite generically, I, I too have an energy drink in my car. I too, I too have a podcast. I too have an energy drink. And I can tell you that we don't drink rain. Because when I've seen rain there, I've been like, maybe I should try another one of these. Maybe I should try one of these other new brands of energy drink. Because I don't, I have no interest in monster Never had an interest in Monster. I might have tried it. I don't remember if I ever tried it, but I've never had an interest in Monster. You know, Red Bull had its time. Red Bull had its time. Because uh, there, there is a brand, or there is a a Red Bull product that I used to drink, and it was the, not the sugar-free, I think it was Zero. It's the one that came in kind of a gray, I think the the coloring was gray and silver. Because the sugar-free is, it got kind of a baby blue. Sugar-free baby blue. They call me, where I come from, my hometown, my nickname is Sugar-Free Baby Blue. I'm Sugar-Free Baby Blue. Uh, but, uh, you know, this one was, it's in a gray silver can. I think it's Red Bull Zero or something. It's uh, not the sugar-free, but it's something even more extreme. And it tastes like alien blood. And I used to call it alien blood. I'd say, give me some of that alien blood. I would, though. No, I would call it, I would drink it on occasion. Never, I was never as into Red Bull alien blood as I'm into Bang now. But I would have it on occasion, especially if I was out partying with people and I wanted to, you know, keep some energy. I would bring a, a can of alien blood with me and I would say, now's the time for my alien blood. Now's the time that I drink my alien blood. So I have, no, I have nothing bad to say about Red Bull, zero interest in Monster, and then now I have Bang Energy Drink in my life. But I never wanted to buy Rain, even though I saw it there, because I, I have brand loyalty. I realized that that was the reason. I realized the reason why I was unwilling to let my hand drift to the left or right to grab that can of Rain is because I have brand loyalty to Bang. And part of my identity is even... People associate me with Bang now. I mean, three different people have contacted me with Bang references or to show me that they bought a can of Bang. I can't believe that. I have actually sold cans of Bang. I'm not even joking. I have sold at least three cans of Bang that I know of. Does that make me a salesman? Does that make me a bang salesman? It should. I wish I was. And I would, if I were taking sponsors, I actually am taking sponsors. I just haven't been contacted. Uh, it turns out, <laughs> turns out nobody even knows I exist. But, uh, you know, I would accept a bang sponsorship. 
but uh, you know, with these, I mean, it wouldn't be healthy for me. I don't need to be getting any free cans of bang. I don't need a supply of bang here. I think it's, I feel like my rhythm with bang is already kind of established. I haven't drank two in a single day in a while. I have another can in the fridge here, but I haven't drunk, I haven't had two in a day. Because somebody told me that, like, their uh, their husband's co-worker drank three during a shift and he had to go to the hospital. So that made me rethink even drinking two. Because there was one day where I drank, it was when I was doing house painting, I drank just two back-to-back and I barely felt anything, <laughs> you know, I, that's, that's cause you know, my tolerance for just caffeine is so high, but I, I barely felt anything even after drinking two straight. And I think I thought about drinking a third, but that third is a hospital visit and two, I think is pushing it because it's not like I didn't drink coffee, you know, it's, it's not like I don't drink coffee before I open a bang, you know, so it's, I should really be thinking about these things, um, but uh, anyway, you know, so three different people have contacted me. Uh, two people sent me pictures of bang cans in their possession that they had actually purchased bang. One person told me twice. Another one, one of my really good friends sent me a picture last week of a can of bang on the, on the kitchen counter. And then, and then somebody else sent me a meme. Somebody else sent me a a bang meme, which I'm glad that exists. And the, it was the meme showed two cans of blue raz, which is a flavor I like. Blue raz is a good flavor. Blue raz, I'm not shortening it. That's the official name is blue raz, short for blue raspberry, which is another one of my nicknames. Baby blue, <laughs> sugar free baby blue raz. <laughs> Sugar-free baby blue raspberry. Uh, baby blue. Is that is that a baby blue raz? So I like that. I like that people send me energy drink. You know, be, people contact me about energy drinks. Although one person, one of the people who showed me that they had purchased a bang told me they actually purchased Miami Cola. She purchased Miami Cola because I talk that one up, which I rarely get because it's it's so elusive. I only ever find it at, I think Target has it, and I believe most convenience stores have it. But grocery stores don't typically carry Miami Cola. It's far too precious, that precious Miami Cola. But she drank a Miami Cola after I hyped it up all this this much, and she just said, oh, it kind of tasted like flat diet, <laughs> diet, diet cola. And I'm like, well, you, you just don't understand. I mean, as someone who hasn't drank a real Coca-Cola for a long time, I don't even know what that tastes like anymore. But to me, maybe a flat diet Coca-Cola called Miami Cola. I mean, maybe I maybe my tongue just picks up accents that are in there that other people might not recognize. You know, maybe they're just it's subtle. And that's what I like about it. I like I like a nice subtle cola. And so somebody, what, what tastes like flat diet soda to one person is just subtle soda to me. Subtle soda. If I started some boutique, if I started some kind of uh, like a cool soda company, you know, every once in a while somebody will come out with some kind of cool soda. It's almost like craft brewing. Someone will come out with some kind of craft soda. 
If I were to do that, I would call it subtle soda. Subtle soda. Sarasota? No, subtle soda. Yeah, our, our new flavor is baby blue raspberry. It's sugar-free. But no, I like the fact, I, I encourage people. People have done it on their own, you know. People have done this on their own, but uh, I encourage people to contact me with images of yourself drinking a bang. Or just in your possession. You don't need to be weird. Don't send me pictures of you drinking it. Like, I don't want to, I don't need to see a bang energy drink touching your lips or anything weird. I'm just saying, like, I want to know that it's in your possession. I want to know that it's in your possession. Uh, but, uh, you know, some people do Star Wars podcasts and drink rain energy drink, and some people do whatever the heck this is and drink bang. And the funny thing about that is you wouldn't necessarily know I'm such a bang enthusiast in my daily life. A lot of people don't know that about me. You know, and I share a lot of things on here. I volunteer a lot on here that I wouldn't volunteer otherwise. And one of those is bang enthusiasm. So you wouldn't necessarily know. You wouldn't necessarily know that I'm into that. Uh, but this show has its secrets, too. You know, this show, as as much as, you know, because it's, it's a strange thing, you know, not to get too deep into the, the world of self-reference, although that's all we got here, folks. All we got is, is self-reference. That's what I should have said to the guy, like, like if, if I had actually volunteered that I, too, have a podcast, I would, and he said, what is it? What's it about? I would have said, it's very self-referential. It's very self-referential. Uh, that's what I would have said, but uh, anyway, to get self-referential here, you know, like, I still have secrets I don't tell on this show, you know, and not bad secrets, not illegal secrets, but there's just certain things that I don't think are appropriate to talk about on this show, even though a lot of inappropriate things are somehow appropriate, there are things that aren't appropriate, and uh, it's it's kind of like in my personal life, too, it's like, I don't mind quote unquote oversharing. I'm not bothered at all by oversharing, as people call it. I think people like that. Even if it's something that's embarrassing, even if it comes across the wrong way, I think everybody enjoys a little bit of oversharing. And I mean, I think there's some stuff that's a little too graphic. You know, I don't, I don't like sexual oversharing. I don't like bathroom. I don't like biological oversharing. I don't like it when people talk in depth, in detail about their sex life, just like I don't like it when people talk in detail about what they do in the bathroom. Sometimes you got to talk about these things. Sometimes you have to refer to these things. I don't think you need to be puritanical about it. But I think as a rule, I don't want to hear about those things and I don't want to talk about those things. But that said, there are other things that people consider oversharing too. Just sharing personal details, feelings, thoughts. There's all kinds of things that fall into the oversharing category. But I don't have a clear, you know, my rules for that kind of thing aren't entirely clear. They're mostly intuitive, where just certain things shouldn't be brought up. And I don't know why that is. I don't know why I consider certain things secret and other things not. 
It doesn't entirely make sense to me. I just kind of know it. And it's led to problems before. You know, it's led to problems in relationships, you know, to people and things like that where I'm like, don't say that. Don't talk about that. And there's no real clear, I can't explain why I feel that way. I mean, the podcast thing would be a great example. Like, if I were sitting there with the banker and I had somebody else with me who knew that I did a podcast, and when that guy said he's starting a a Star Wars podcast, if that person with me had said, oh, Eric has one too, I would have been really upset. Don't, don't, we don't talk about that. You know, I would have been actually upset. I might not have gotten mad, but I would have been upset. I would have felt on the spot. I would have felt exposed. I would have felt skinned alive. But why is that a secret? You know, why why is something that I do a secret? I don't know. It's not really even a secret because it's not like it's actually hidden. But, I mean, that that's kind of the thing. Is It's just there are certain things like that that I just feel shouldn't be talked about to strangers or, you know, and it depends too. It's like the things that I consider secretive change depending on who I'm talking about. Like there aren't really, there isn't really anything in my life that is an absolute secret that not a single person can know. I don't know if there's anything like that. I mean, everybody has something, maybe something that's embarrassing. I mean, I think there's things like that. But in general, there's not really anything in my life that is just an absolute secret that not a single person can know. But certain things, you know, just makes sense to to not tell certain people certain things or to tell certain people other things. It depends on who you're talking to. So it's not like, and you know, people say, I'm an open book. I'm I'm an open book. I did tell the guy that I read a bunch of Star Wars books as a kid. I was like, yeah, I read a bunch of the expan- the here I whistled. Sometimes I when I talk I whistle, but as a kid I read a bunch of the expanded universe books. And I actually told him I, I told him about one. I was like, yeah, I had a book that was about every creature in the cantina. It was a book that told some sort of backstory about every just about every single character who walks by in the background of the cantina had a chapter in this book. And uh, I, I mentioned it to him, and I, I told him even, I was like, maybe you can read that book and review it. Because I'm sure this guy was looking for advice. I'm sure that when this guy said he's doing a Star Wars podcast, I'm sure he wanted one of his banking clients to tell him, why don't you read Tales from the Cantina and do a book review? <laughs> and I think that's almost one of the reasons why I don't tell people things. It's because people will give you suggestions, and they don't even care. They don't even actually care whether you do something or not, but they just kind of want to throw an idea out to you. What I should have said in response to the guy when he said he's doing a Star Wars podcast, I should have said, what's a podcast? And when he explained it to me, I should, I should have said, oh, it sounds like it's the new blogging. Oh, so you're starting a kind of a Star Wars audio blog, which is pretty much what podcasts are. They're pretty much an audio blog. Oh, I have an audio blog, too. Oh, I know what that is. Oh, a podcast. Oh, well, I I know those, in my world, those are called audio blogs. In my country, those are called audio blogs. When you think about it, though, the cycle of things, you know, which I talk about a lot, how trends cycle in and out. 
I know, you know, we are at a point where podcasts are probably at their peak, maybe even a little past it. Because I think something isn't truly at its peak when the maximum number of people are doing it. I think when the maximum number of people are doing something, it's usually actually a little bit after its peak. I think something is at its peak when a large number of people are doing something, but it still has enough buzz. It still has enough... It still has life in it. Whereas, you know, when... When things get oversaturated, they lose a little bit of their life. And I I do think we're entering a point where podcasts are potentially going... We might see a downturn. You know, I don't know that there's really a reason to stop doing them. I think we... I mean, because really what podcasting is, people talk about it like it's something unique. But obviously it's talk radio. And as we started to realize that even talk radio, even uncensored talk radio has certain limitations, and we don't listen to the radio anymore. Most of us don't. So it's natural that a more freeform, less censored version of radio would become popular, because it's not like, it's not like podcasting changed anything. The only difference is how you listen to it. And the fact that there aren't network constraints, the fact that radio stations aren't controlling what you say or what time you do something. It's just a more free form form. It's a, it's a more free form form of radio. And so I don't necessarily think that people will suddenly no longer be interested, but I do think we are going to see a, a little bit of a downturn in popularity, maybe. Because like I mentioned, you know, over... Coronavi, all these ex-mafia guys, these guys who became informants or quit the life, they've started doing them. And in the last week, even more guys. Like it's just a it's a it's a niche that I follow, and they obviously got the idea from other guys. And so they're all doing shows now. And other scenes, other little networks of people have already done that. You know, you saw where comedians went through that years ago. And now the ex-mafia circuit found out about podcasts, so they're doing it. It's a way to promote yourself. It's a way to tell your stories. It's a product. You know, it's, it's of course, a product. And I don't mind it, though. You know, I don't mind something like podcasts becoming popular because it's very easy to just say, hey, it's this isn't interesting. I mean, there are shows that I used to listen to, and I was thinking about this today, actually, how I'm not actually that big of a podcast fan. It seems like a lot of the things that I listen to or watch are just YouTube shows, and they're not necessarily podcast YouTube shows. They're just guys, you know, who do kind of a talk show on YouTube. I don't actually listen to a lot of audio-only podcasts. And and it's another weird thing. It's, it's one of those things where if you do a podcast, you think about other podcasts differently. Like, you kind of see them, not that I feel like there's any, I mean, who am I, you know? It's not that I feel like there's any, like, competition or anything like that. But I've definitely stopped listening to a podcast before because I felt like it hit a little clu- a little too close to home. Where I was like, oh, these guys, their sense of humor feels like it's, like, verging on my sense of humor. Not quite, but it feels like it's verging on it. And I don't want to be influenced by it or away from it. Like, I don't want to listen to something that makes me think I have to change what I do. 
I don't want to, you know, obviously there, you know, obviously it's good to know what's going on, but I was just, I had a thought when I was listening to this show where I was like, even though this isn't, this obviously isn't me, obviously these are different people with a different sense of humor and a different way of talking about things, but it just kind of, it nudged up close enough to where I thought, I don't really want to feel like I'm, I don't want to feel like a peer of these people. I mean, first of all, because they aren't my peers, they're wildly successful at what they do. I just do my own little secret thing. Uh, but uh, it, it just made me feel like, eh, you know, I'm either going to be influenced by them or I'm going to be influenced away from them. But either way, I just don't want it to have any influence at all. So, you know, that's another thing that, that happens. I should have said that to the Star Wars guy, the Star Wars bro. Been like, oh, you're doing a podcast. I'd ask for the, I'd ask for the name of it. I'd ask for the link, but I don't want to be influenced by it or away from it. Because I talk about Star Wars too. Pretend to not know what Star Wars is. I'm pretending to not know what Star Wars is. Oh, is that about war? Oh, you're starting a war podcast? No, Star Wars. Star War. Years ago, I heard the story. This is going to be a great story. But some friends were standing outside of a bar. And a homeless guy just walked up to them and looked at them. And he just... There was kind of silence for a second. And then he just said out loud, Star War. And walked away. I like the singular use of that. I like singular Star Wars. Star War. And the fact that that guy just walked up and felt the need to volunteer that. You know when some addict or just somebody who's lost their mind and lives on the street, like you know when they just walk up to you and say Star War, you know that Star Wars is buried deep. You know that Star Wars is deep in our subconscious at this point. If even some guy on the street just walks up to people outside of a bar and says Star War. Star Wars is just a part of things, which is why I talk about it, which is why I have my quarterly Star Wars episode, because it is buried deep. Everyone understands it. You know, everyone understands what that is, and you can uh, you can use it. What this guy really needs to do is he needs to have me on as a guest. <laughs> he needs to bring me on as a guest. And it'll be more of a meta conversation. I'll take things, you know, I'll take things just a step further. I'll, I'll help him climb up another rung of the ladder so we can see Star Wars, not from the ground level, but from the top. I'm going to tell him, uh, hey, hey, dude, for this episode, uh, what we're going to do, because I'm going to take control of his show. What we're going to do is we're going to pretend that we're in a TIE fighter. You and I are in TIE fighters just circling around the planet looking down. We're just circling around the planet in TIE fighters looking down. We're not on the ground. We're not riding in a land speeder through the desert. We're up in TIE fighters just circling around looking down. And it gives us a whole new perspective. Gives us a whole new perspective, man. 
I'm drinking bang, you're drinking rain. But yeah, it's just it's funny. I the world's funny. It's a good place. If the world is funny, it's a good place. My friend Nick and I growing up, I think it was some sort of stoned high school epiphany. I mean, it definitely was. I don't think it definitely was. We were sitting there and we just we started talking about life and the universe and we started to refer to it as the joke. We started to say the joke with a capital J and we still do this. We refer to all of this as the joke. And I wouldn't try to narrow down what the joke actually refers to. But it seems to the joke seems to correlate to the universe. I mean, you could say God. It seems to the joke seems to apply to the largest possible understanding of what all of this is. And the fact that there is an underlying humor to it. And uh, that's important to me. I mean, maintaining sense of humor. I mean, I was talking about it the other night when I was talking about my mom's my mom passing away a year ago and all that. And how even in that maintaining the joke. Not in a disrespectful way. To me, to anybody else. You know, I don't believe in going out in the world and hurting people's feelings. I don't believe in going out in the world and making jokes at other people's expense, although sometimes it's inevitable. But I I do believe in maintaining the joke, and it turns out whether I do anything or not, it's there. The joke is there. And, uh, you know, Star Wars manages to, Star Wars has managed to become part of the joke, as everything does, but Star Wars seems to be a pretty big part of the joke, in my opinion. And uh, with the joke, though, it's, it's just, it's this underlying humor that isn't always the thing. I mean, it's not like, you know, you got to be sincere. Not everything is going to be funny. But when possible, you find that, you recognize it. When it's possible to find the humor in something, you recognize it. I think that's what it comes down to, as far as your part goes. Because the joke is there no matter what. The joke is larger than you can possibly comprehend. And nobody can, I mean, I think living... You know, I think anybody who tries to be funny all the time is annoying. I remember working on a college project, a group of people. It was two moms, like two moms who had gone back to school. Not old moms or anything, but they were moms. And then me and this nerdy guy, who it turned out was a bro. No, not really. Because you never find that. You never you never meet like a really nerdy guy and then you're like, oh, this guy's secretly a bro. I mean, I know that exists because everything can potentially exist, but still. This guy, though, he was like the kind of guy who he makes like witty jokes all during class. And he was actually funny. I found this guy funny and I was kind of glad he was in my project. It was He gave me a little bit of, uh, you know, he and I could kind of, there could be some camaraderie given like, I don't want it to just be me and the moms. So it was nice to have this guy, this this guy there, 
But he was the kind of guy who he, he was very sharp, like he was very witty and he was always making funny jokes. And then when he joined our project, I think we all thought it was a science class. So I think we all thought that he was going to be a major asset. I think because he was a nerd, we all thought like this guy is going to make this project easy. This guy's going to work a little of his nerd magic into this science project and it's going to make it easy. But he just kept making jokes as we were meeting. Like our group met to plan out our project and he he wouldn't offer anything concrete. He wouldn't offer anything sincere. He had no ideas. He was just making like witty puns and, you know, comebacks and this kind of thing. And finally, one of the moms, and this is, God bless moms, because this is like real mom energy. One of them just stopped him. She was like, stop. Like, we know that you're really smart and we need you to be serious and work on this project. Like, we know you're really funny, but we need you to stop and be serious for a little while. And it just shut him down. Like he wasn't, you could tell he wasn't offended or hurt. He was just a little surprised. Like he seemed like it, like his light dimmed a little bit. But I remember like how it, it was pretty amazing. She just stopped him. She just pulled out this mom, you know, this this mom card and just shut him down. He was no longer making all these little quips because it was annoying. Because here we have a project to work on. We can have a sense of humor about it, but it was like he was unwilling to even take any aspect of it seriously. And it's easy to be that person, especially when you know about the joke. (laughs) In the same way that somebody who newly discovers God can't stop talking about it, can't stop trying to convert people, can't stop... You know, everything is like, I found this thing and you need to experience it too. And while it's great to be able to talk about that, it's one of the reasons why I always stress like having a spiritual confidant. Because the reality is, you know, even though you've gone through this process, you've had these realizations, your life has changed. And because your life has changed, you want to express that and maybe even share it. You have to realize that not everybody wants that. And not everybody believes you. Not everybody takes what you're saying seriously. And the more that you push it, the crazier you seem or the more annoying you get. And so that's true in that sense where somebody's had some sort of spiritual realization. But when you become aware of the joke, when you honor the joke by in turn, you know, seeing the humor in everything. It's very easy just to be that way all the time. It's very easy to just be that person out in the world all the time. And a lot of people don't want that. A lot of people don't want somebody to break the ice in every given moment. And sometimes it's when you're doing something seriously. And sometimes you need to do that. Sometimes people are taking themselves too seriously and you need to wage war on them. In the name of the joke. So it's not like there's just one given. It's not a one size fits all situation. Sometimes when people are being too serious. You have to bring the joke in. But there are other times where people want to be serious about something. That matters to them. It may not matter to you. But it matters to them. And making a joke or continuing to make little quips. And not add anything productive bothers people. Uh, So, uh, just the reality. 
It's just the reality of the joke is that in the same way, I mean, I don't think that you need to be as reserved about the joke as you would, you know, maybe your relationship to God or spirituality. I don't think you need to like, I can only tell jokes to my confidants. You do have to remember that it's, it does work similarly where there are certain people that you can talk a certain way with. There are certain people that you can share certain things with. And, uh, you know, it's, it's even with like bang energy drink, you know, like I don't talk about bang out in the world. I save most of my bang talk for this show. Bang talk, Bangkok, bang talk, Thailand, Thailand. I'm from Thailand. I'm from Bangland. But I, you know, I don't talk about bang a lot because I mean, there's something silly about it. Obviously, Bang Energy Drink is kind of silly. It's a silly thing to be into. And the reality is, if I brought that up to an average person, they'd just be like, uh, cool, you like an energy drink. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, okay, dude, you like an, you like a certain energy drink. Did you know that's bad for you? Did you know that's bad for you? You know, you know how people respond to things. You know, and because to me, Bang Energy Drink is a great example of the joke. Bang Energy Drink is, it's, you know, some religions have wine. You drink a little bit of wine, the blood of Jesus. The joke, you drink Bang. And it's not, you know, it's not alien blood. It's something, though. I don't know what it is. I haven't discovered what bang is. I haven't discovered what bang actually is, and I don't think I need to know. But I, I do know that it is what we drink to honor the joke. But, I mean, that's the thing about, you know, just bringing a sense of humor out into the world. Not to say that you're funny or I'm funny or anything like that, or that, you know, sometimes it's just stupid. But I, I think entering the world with that gives you an advantage. It gives your mind an advantage. Not that you're going to get ahead, but it's just, you can, uh, it's like a universal solvent. You know, if you can bring that, if you can stay aware of the joke as you go about your business in the world, you're going to handle everything a lot better. Because you'll recognize just the inherent absurdity. Recognizing the absurdity is so valuable. Because a lot of people think of that as sort of a nihilistic thought. Oh, when you recognize the absurdity of life and that every situation is potentially absurd in some way, and if you get outside of your own head, things start to seem really absurd, you think that that would be meaning-destroying. You think that would destroy meaning. It really doesn't, though, in my experience. Because... When you realize that everything is inherently absurd, when participating in this life does give you this, this endless well of absurdity, you realize that that's liberating. You're not confined. You know, it's like recognizing the absurdity of life. It doesn't confine you to that. But you recognize that, oh, hey, I can... I can respond to, I don't even know how I'd say it. I don't even, I don't even know how I would boil that down. 
but I guess in recognizing the absurdity of any given situation, I can remove myself from that situation as needed. But like the college science project, you know, sitting there and just making quips the whole time while your partners are trying to come up with a plan for their project, that doesn't work either. You know, even though it is absurd, even though it is absurd that these four people have gotten together to work on some project that nobody cares about and nobody is going to remember. I mean, I clearly remember it. But it's it's something that nobody... It doesn't matter. We're not scientists. And I'll tell you what that project was. I'll tell you what that project was. It was we decided to come up with an idea for a sunflower. Like, it was a biology class, and it was a very low level. And... Uh, we were trying to come up with an idea. I think the idea was like, come up with a plan for modifying an existing biological entity to make it stronger. And something like that. Like, how would you modify an existing animal or plant, something to that effect, to make it stronger? And someone in the group was like, well, what if, you know, because sunflowers fall... Like, the heads of sunflowers get so heavy that they fall. What if we designed a sunflower that had a strong enough stalk that it never fell? And so we did that, and I drew these diagrams. I still have them somewhere on a poster board. I drew these diagrams of how we'd have to enlarge... Like, we, we like certain layers of the stem to support the head of the sunflower. And then it turned out, I mean, that's how the sunflowers spread their their seed. As far as I know, I think like them falling is what spreads seed so more sunflowers grow. So it really would have destroyed, our idea probably would have destroyed the entire sunflower species because they would no longer be propagating new seeds. I don't know if that's true, but I think we realized that later. But that's, there There you go. Here, you have to come up with a project to get credits in college, and you come up with some absurd idea for how to modify something that nature designed intentionally, because that's pretty intentional. Oh, this thing, the head of it gets so heavy that it collapses, and it puts the seeds in contact with the ground again. That sounds like intelligent design to me. Whether you think it's a god, whether you think it's deliberate, it's intelligent because it makes sense. But the idea of that's a project. That's how we get credits. We're paying to do this. We are sitting here. We're paying to be in this project, basically, where we come up with a ridiculous idea for modifying a sunflower, and then we're all going to forget about it later. I mean, it, the absurdity is just built in, and it's built into so many situations. But you can't get lost in it, you know, and, and it, that's why, I don't know, it's it's very easy to get nihilistic about that sort of thing and think, oh, because nothing matters, I'm going to be depressed. But you can turn that around and say, oh, nothing matters. So the best possible use of this absurdity This absurdity is a resource that I can do anything with, and if I can do anything with it, I can do something that makes me feel better, that makes me stronger. And it's strange how in doing that, you end up 
getting a lot of meaning out of life. Like I got way more after I, you know, recognized the inherent absurdity of everything, which I think was always there. You know, I think I, I think I always basically understood that, but I was still stuck. You know, I would still get stuck in moments where I wasn't able to, you know, pull myself out and see things for what they really were. But in, you know, in just recognizing the absurdity of everything, at some point I I just realized, oh, this isn't something that has to make me miserable. This isn't something that has to make me hate life. Because I do find so much of it funny. I do find so much of it entertaining. And I find it even more entertaining when I take care of myself. When I do things that make me stronger. And that's the ultimate nihilism, is doing something to make yourself stronger in the face of nothing mattering. But then in making yourself stronger, you don't feel like nothing matters. And you do get epiphanies, you do have realizations, you do feel connected in ways that you otherwise didn't or wouldn't. So that's the interesting thing about it. That's the interesting thing about that process is that you can start from a place of feeling like nothing matters and almost your own little, it's almost, you're almost being spiteful. You're like, you know what, if nothing matters and there's every excuse in the world to destroy myself, I'm going to rebel against that and not destroy myself and empower myself and do the things that they tell you are healthy to do. And it's not that that removes the joke. The joke is still there. You can't do anything about the fact that the joke is there and will always be there. But you start to see even troubling things as a source of humor. You start to see outside. You start to find yourself in a TIE fighter hovering around the surface of Tatooine. That's what it all comes down to. It all comes down to Star Wars. Star Wars cult. We're in a cult here, guys. We're in the Star Wars cult. I mean, it is very cult-like. I mean, uh, I don't know about now. I don't know where people are at now. I know I know my banker's starting a Star Wars podcast. But, uh, you know, people are very cult-like about their interests. And that's the fun of it, too. The fact that you can become cultish about anything is another example of the joke. The fact that you can actually take anything seriously. You can even take very silly things seriously. Like talking about if I were to tell a random person that I drink a bunch of Bang Energy drinks, they might say, that's bad for you. That's bad for you. They might say that. They might get very serious about it. And yeah, the things you consume are bad for you. You know, the things you consume can be bad for you, rather. You know, that's of course true, but it's just funny how people will respond with something, with some kind of serious advice. And uh, you just have to roll with it. And that's funny, too. You have to remember that that is funny, too. And that's that's all you need, too. You know, it's not like you have to do anything else. 
in order to find the humor in things. And a humor that's larger than anything you can comprehend. And that's really what the universe is. It's a, hu- it's a humor larger than anything you can comprehend. This land is mine God gave this land to me This brave, this golden land to me And when the morning sun Reveals her hills and plains I see a land where children can run free. So take.